Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Ruchak. I'm here with special guest David Essel. Welcome. ML, great to be a part of your program. Thank you for joining me. Now, you're an author, but you're also a counselor. You do master your subconscious mind. We need this so much right now. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And you know what, ML, it's so interesting is that people, you know, we, we have for, for the past 20 years focused on helping people shift their subconscious, and a lot of people don't even understand what that means. We hear that term a lot. Mm-hmm. But to describe it really quickly is that there's the conscious mind, the mind of intent, and that's the mind that said, I'm going to tune into ML today. And so you put it on your calendar and everything, I want to grow, I want to learn, I want to improve. Now, if you follow through with that, then the conscious mind and the subconscious mind are in alignment. So there's this agreement that I'm going to do this, but how many times have we said, all right, tomorrow I'm going to start at the gym at 7 a.m., and then the alarm goes off at 6, we snooze, we snooze, we snooze. That's an example where the conscious mind and the subconscious mind are not in alignment yet. So what we want people to understand is that you have control to be able to change those habits. You know, any habit that isn't healthy ML is an example of something that we've fed our own subconscious mind and said, this is what we want. You know, I'm a former alcoholic and cocaine addict for over 25 years. And in that process, every day I woke up and said, you know what, that's it. I'm done today. I'm going to get clean. I'm going to get sober. And then at 8 o'clock that night, I was drinking again. Mm-hmm. And so you go, well, how is it that you have affirmations and vision boards and, you know, all these great intentions to change, but we don't? And the answer is because we've fed the subconscious a pattern over and over and over again. And the subconscious just realizes that this is what we want. So it continues to give it to us. You know, an example of the positive side of the subconscious would be you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth and you go to work. Well, if you brush your teeth every day for a long enough period of time, you're not going to have to remember to brush your teeth. You're not going to have to leave a little sign that says, go back inside and brush your teeth. (laughs) So that's an example of where the subconscious has married with the conscious mind and your intention to brush your teeth twice a day effortlessly happens. You don't even have to think about it. Right. We do this so much, and when you get out of bed, you you have 10 seconds when you first wake up to decide if you're getting out of bed or going back to sleep when your alarm goes off. Within Mm -hmm. those 10 seconds, every decision is made within 10 seconds subconsciously. It's either you get up and go with your day or you hit the snooze button and go back to sleep for five more minutes. We don't think about it, but there's that 10 seconds. That's how quick your your subconscious makes that decision for you because that's habit. Exactly. And the subconscious doesn't know the difference between good or bad habits. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not like an evil entity within our body. It's just regurgitating what we have fed it. So if you're someone, ML, that loves to argue about the pandemic and you love to either love the president or hate him, love the scientists or hate them, and every time someone said something about the pandemic, you knee-jerk reaction and you're ready to fight, okay, that's the subconscious mind that has been geared to the addiction to be right. So you have convinced the subconscious over the years that you need to be right, 
that you're a fighter, that you love conspiracy theorists, and you love gossip, and you love drama and chaos. And so many times I'm out, I'll work with people, and they'll go, oh, I'm not into drama and chaos at all. And you look at their life, and it's a crap show, the whole thing. But they have become so used to that being their quote-unquote normal that they don't even think that there's another way. Exactly. We do this every day. And it took me a long time to understand this. One, you have to take out the negative of your life. You can't take out every negative. That's impossible. That's life. But Mm -hmm. if you take away the negative influences of your life, one at a time, very slowly, it's not going to be overnight, and then you start looking at your own habits, then you start looking at your own way of thinking, then your life starts to change. Yeah, you know, in our number one best-selling book, Focus, Slay Your Goals, we describe something that we created in 1996 called the One Thing Theory. And the One Thing Theory states that at any given time, there's only Mm -hmm. one goal to go after. It's the one that we've denied, delayed, procrastinated on the longest. It's the one we don't want to do. But once we attack it and put full force effort into it for 365 days, the rest of our life improves as well. So when we, when we talk about goal setting, you know, we're totally against multiple goals or multitasking goals. You know, if you, if you want to get sober, lose 50 pounds, find the love of your life, you're shooting yourself in the foot if you try to go after all those goals at one time. Yes. We, you know, so in, in what we're saying, and a lot of times people go, well, that doesn't sound very motivational, David, going after the goal I don't want to go after, <laughs> you know, but that's where freedom lies. So if you struggle with money for years, addiction to food or alcohol, nicotine, drugs for years, if you've struggled with that addiction to be right, if you've struggled in relationships, if you've str- whatever the number one struggle is, ML, when mm-hmm. you attack that five days a week for 365 days, your total existence improves, not just that one area. When I remember when I got sober or when I helped people get sober, they're always blown away, you know, because they, they quit their addiction and all of a sudden they lose weight and then they start to feel more confident and then they start to feel more giving and then all of a sudden all of this came from attacking the one thing you don't want to attack. So for everyone with us right now, I'd love for you to grab a piece of paper and a pencil. Write down two or three major goals that you want to really accomplish. Is it money? Is it sobriety? Is it weight loss? Is it love? Is it a different job or career? Look at that list and then circle the one that's going to be the biggest, meanest, nastiest goal to go after, the one you don't want to because that holds the key for the rest of your life to be incredibly successful. Exactly. We, okay, personal story. Two, three years ago, I was interviewing who is now my life coach, my business coach, my best friend, my mentor. We were talking, he's a he's life coach, as I just said. He's like, what is holding your back you're doing this interview with me right now and there's something holding your back what is it now at the time I wasn't ready to admit to myself what the issue was I wasn't ready there I had to take another year to get my mind ready to tackle that problem because 
What do I do? I procrastinate. more you procrastinate on whatever that issue is, the longer it's going to take you to get to your goal. I think that people can relate to that because there isn't a goal that has not been achieved that isn't surrounded by procrastination. You know, we're, we're doing a uh, – we do this one-on-one and we do seminars to how to write a book in 30 days. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many people I've worked with over the years and shared our outlines and how you write a book in 30 days. And they'll go, oh, my God, it's, it's time. You know, I've been, I've been thinking about this and – People say for 10, 15, or 20 years, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, wow. I mean, we even have people come in that say, okay, I'm ready to write the book, and I'll get great. Where's your outline? They'll point to their head. They go, it's right here. And I said, it's the worst place in the world for it to stay. We've got to put it on paper. You know, so we teach people through all these different programs how to shatter procrastination, and there is, in the beginning, a huge need. Here's the reality check, gang for willpower. In the beginning, usually the first 90 days of a massive transformation with your mind, body, spirit, finances, etc., is that you really do need to get dead serious and do what you don't want to do. You know, um, when, when the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind came out, my friend Harbecker, I had him on my radio show and I had been trying to get Harv to be my business coach for years. And um, so I got him on the show, and his book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, went number one bestseller faster than any other personal growth book in history. And I knew he was a rock star, and I said to him, hey, I want to hire you as my business coach. And he said, I'll give you one session. That's all. So we get on the call, and then he said, after you work with me, I'm going to hook you up with one of my coaches who I've trained to work with you, which I said, great. He said, what's your, what was your goal? What is your goal? And I said, to double my income. He said, how quickly? I said, in one year. He said, what's your income and what do you want to achieve? And I told him, and he said, that's a huge undertaking. I said, I know it's possible. He said, oh, it's possible, right? And then he asked me the next question about. He said, how long have you had this goal? I said, two years. And he said, have you done everything within your power to accomplish it? And I said, yes. And he said, David, that's where you're lying. He said, if you had done everything in the last two years, you would already be there. So what is it that was missing? And what was missing, similar to what you just shared, was an accountability partner. So I had the goal, and I would go so far with it, but then I would back off. And this wasn't consciously. I didn't wake up and go, you know, I'm going to back off on this goal. It's just the power of the subconscious. When we put a big goal out there, it can freak out and want to keep us in the safety of our old patterns. So by doing that and working with Harv and then hiring a coach, I accomplished the goal that I've been wanting to accomplish for two years. On my own, I couldn't do it, but with someone accountability partner holding my feet to the fire, we did it in 12 months. So when people talk about changing long-term belief systems and habits, you know, don't fool yourself. It's like you know, those ads that say, you know, via the law of attraction, attract your partner or via the law of attraction attract a million dollar salary. It's a bunch of crap. The mind does not attract things like that unless it's a miracle. So if you wake up in the morning and you say an affirmation that I am a millionaire and you get a million dollars that night, that's a miracle. That's not the law of attraction. I, you know, in, in all the years, 30 years as a radio host ML, 40 years in this world of personal growth, I have never interviewed 
any of the rock stars that I've talked to, I mean, multiple interviews with Wayne Dyer, Deep Hawk, Susie Orman, Kenny Loggins, the singer, Jenna Elfman, the actress, not one of them ever said that the reason they became so successful was the power of their affirmations or via the law of attraction or via vision boards. They all had stories of incredible struggle mm -hmm. to get to where they were. You know, Wayne was an alcoholic and a cocaine addict. Uh, Deep Hawk was a two-pack-a-day a, a two smoker while he was a cardiologist in a Boston hospital. I mean, these people that have created massive transformations have done it by working their tails off. So, you know, for all of our listeners, if you want to turn that subconscious from fear-based to, you know, kick-butt, honey-badger attitude, the odds are you're going to have to really do some things that are uncomfortable. You're going to have to do some things that will challenge yourself. And when you're willing to do that is when life begins to change. And it's not a guarantee it's going to change overnight when you do things that are uncomfortable. But the only way your life can change is if you live it differently. Exactly. Sometimes you have to tear your life apart, turn it upside down, and throw pieces of the old life out. And it's a struggle. It could be a divorce. It could be a life-changing medical event. But these are when change can be possible quicker because it's, your life is already torn apart. Now you just pick up the pieces, which pieces you want to keep. You know, we have, one of the, the things that I believe strongly is the greatest superpower that every human being has is adaptability to change. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the number one superpower we as human beings have. We have the ability to adapt to any freaking condition we are faced with. Now, we may not know we have that ability, but I'm telling you, you do. And it's a waste of time if you go through life stuck in a pattern that doesn't serve you, stuck in a relationship that sucks. You know, our new book, Love and Relationship Secrets that Everyone Needs to Know, we prove in their ML that 80% of the relationships in the United States suck. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth. They suck. People are so codependent with each other. So many people hate to be alone. They, they say they're great being alone, and then you look at their dating profile, and they haven't spent more than 60 days on their own in their life. So, you know, we, we have this real problem where people procrastinate. They stay in marriages and they're bragging that they've been married for 30 years when it's absolute hell on earth. You know, people get stuck in these patterns. We don't feel worthy. We uh, uh, deserve anything greater than we have, which is so sad. And so we stay stuck in these dysfunctional chaos and drama relationships. The 20% of relationships that are healthy, those people are doing it totally differently. You know, they're reaching out and asking for help. They're allowing their partner to be incorrect with statistics about the pandemic when they're talking with people. You know, they have compassion and empathy. We have a love scale in the book, Focus, Slay Your Goals. It's a love scale 1 to 10. You can be in love, and there's a lot of people in love, with abusers, emotional and physical. Mm -hmm. You can be in love with an alcoholic or drug addict. You can be in, in love with someone who has emotional affairs or physical affairs on you. Like, that can all be love, but it's called dysfunctional love. Right. One to four, in the, in the scale, one to four, we explain four different levels of dysfunctional love. Now, 
the very first level of healthy love is honesty, friendship, and respect. That's the first level. There's no sex. There's no kissing. There's nothing. It's mm-hmm. honesty, trustworthiness, respect, friendship. You know, that's really the basis of love. And then in level six, we, go, we add all of those components with intimacy. And then seven, it gets more beautiful. And eight, nine, and ten, it gets incredible. But too many people, ML, are stuck. They're afraid to be alone, so they stay in hellacious relationships. They then hop from one to the next without more than 30 or 60 or 90 days in between. So there's a lot we can do to change. But, again, the question I want to ask our audience is, which area have you denied, delayed, procrastinated the longest? Which area has been a thorn in your side for years? And it shouldn't be hard to find it. We're living our lives. We may not want to look at it when we write these down, but it's the way to grow. It is. And right now, unfortunately, well, it's an unfortunate event that we have the pandemic, but at the same time, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to look at our lives and see what needs to change. Are we in a dead-end job that we hate? Okay, well, most of us are out of work right now. So what do we do when the economy opens? Find a new job. Find a new career path. Go back to school, online school. We, now is the greatest time for change because we are doing nothing at home, really. So why not look at ourselves and start growing? You know, one of the things that has come up quite a bit in, in, through this pandemic with my clients, ML, are, is how many of them are realizing they're addicted to workaholism. Um, and it doesn't show until you're not able to be a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And then they're going through withdrawals just like an alcoholic or a nicotine addict would. Yep. Because they're sitting at home, they don't have the distraction of 12 or 10-hour days, and they're outrageously anxious, irritable, unsettled. And when we do our work with them, we can show probably about 60% are struggling with the withdrawal from workaholism. And when we explain that to them, it clicks like instantly. You know, their irritability, their shortness with their partner, their children, you know, all of that's coming to the surface because they're not in the addiction of working. And that's a heavy, you know, it's for people that aren't workaholic, they don't understand that to the workaholic, their life is based on work. Their identity is based on work. Their self-confidence and self-esteem is based on their work. So if they're not engaged, they're suffering. And now we get a chance with these people who acknowledge that they have workaholism to start to change that mindset. And it will take time. On average, and we say this in all of our books, if you want a major change in a belief or a habit that you've had for years that isn't healthy, plan on 365 days in a row of attacking that for it to change. Like, as an example, with workaholism, most people who are workaholics have been so for a couple years, if not 20, 30, 40 years. So to give yourself a year to change an addiction that you've held on to for 30 years is not very long at all. People have a tendency to think 365 days is forever. If you live to be 80 or 90 years of age and you take one year to attack a major issue you have, the rest of your remaining years will be so much better. So don't get too hung up on it's going to take a year to change the subconscious. 
Rather than that, let's say, it's about time I changed it. Let's go. And then mm-hmm. act. Exactly. It takes time to change. We say this. No matter if you have a good life coach, they're not gonna. They're gonna tell you, it's going to take time. It's not an overnight success. Some changes take a year. Some changes take three months. But you will start seeing results within sixty to ninety days. Yeah, and it, and it really too depends on you know what the effort someone puts in. Uh, whether we're talking about finances or weight loss or sobriety, you know, the greater the effort, the greater the end result. So if we are going to baby step, you know, which is something I just can't stand when people want to do it, you know, people will say, well, you know, I'm I'm exercising once a week. That's better than nothing. And actually, no, it's not. if, If I was exercising once a week to lose weight, I wouldn't bother. And that's just reality. You're not going to lose weight exercising once a week. So the better, you know, baby steps are better than none, not necessarily. Uh, Especially if it's a a big goal, no, because you're just fooling yourself. Um, Individuals that do baby steps within usually a month or two have already quit. And why is that? Because the benefits aren't coming at all. They don't see any benefit from one day a week of exercise. So they eventually burn out, lose hope, and just quit. I would rather have someone attack, get someone to hold them accountable, get a professional to guide you and attack it. Go all out. Don't hold back. Mm -hmm. But remember, we're talking about just making one life change. We're not talking about making 10. And on average, the work on a daily basis, ML, may only be an hour or two a day. It may not be this massive thing. But whatever you choose as your one goal to go after just make sure that that's accomplished every day in priority prior to other tasks so that you can really see the seriousness of what it's going to take to change your body, mind, spirit, finances. Exactly. When the gyms were open, I made a conscious decision back in October. At 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. every day, I was going to go to the gym. Now, I live with a retired service dog. She figured out at 8 p.m. mom leaves to go somewhere. So now the gyms are closed. My dog is holding me accountable by (laughs) pulling me toward the door at 7 p.m. Or starting, we get grandma to bed. Then, mom, you have an hour. Then I'm pulling you to the door. She doesn't understand. I can't go to the gym. (laughs) Right. <laughs> but that she, is adorable. Oh, she I is my it. accountability because I wanted to get back into shape. Yeah. Oh God, that's incredible. <laughs> so, as an example, there's a powerful point of the power of the subconscious mind. Your dog saw a pattern repeated over and over and over again, and now it wants you to continue that pattern. Mm-hmm. That, that is not unlike our own subconscious, you know, and I want to make this point very clear because it's so important. The subconscious cannot differentiate between a healthy habit or an unhealthy one. It reacts off of what you feed it. So whatever you feed it, thoughts, actions on a daily basis, it accepts as good, healthy, normal. And what we call those kind of habits that we feed the subconscious we call it the known, K-N-O-W-N. 
So the subconscious is just working off the known. You continue to drink every night at 8 o'clock, it continues to expect you to. You continue every night at 9 o'clock to have ice cream or cookies or some snack, and you're struggling with your weight or your health. Well, obviously, that doesn't make logical sense. So then once again, we go, well, why are we doing this? And that's the power of the subconscious mind. You have fed it a pattern of eating sugar every night at 8 or 9. It remembers, and it encourages you to. Now, when you put that 365 behind this, and for 365 days you don't eat sugar or you don't spend unnecessarily, the subconscious will shift. And all of a sudden, a year from now, you'll be going, that was funny, a year ago, every night I used to eat sugar. I haven't had sugar in a year. Mm -hmm. That's how we turn that subconscious. It cannot be turned around via thoughts. If it did, that would be a miracle. It can only be turned around by us feeding it a new pattern to follow. Exactly. We do this, it takes a single step to move a grain of salt. But at the same time, each step is leading us toward something. We have to get there, but we have to train ourselves over and over and over 10, 20, 30, 40 times. It's a pattern. We teach our children by to do something, walking, writing, doing their names, over and over and over because it's a pattern. You have to get into a pattern to change your previous pattern. Amen. I mean, I yeah. use children as an example because what do we start out with? We learn to crawl first. Well, then you have to learn to walk. You have to fall down how many times before you learn to walk? Then you learn to run. Same thing. How many times do you fall down? It's getting back up, but it's a pattern. You're learning. You have to keep moving forward. And the exciting thing is it doesn't matter where you are right now. You know, when I finally decided to get sober, you know, it's like, does it, is it going to really make a difference? And the answer is, hell yeah, it's going to make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And so we have to really be, and, and, and I want to make a comment about being ready. When it comes to major goals, I don't know anyone who's really ready to make these changes. So don't wait until you're ready. You know, that's a waste of time. All that is is an excuse to delay and procrastinate more. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be ready. You know, we say to people in addiction recovery, if you have a 10% desire to change, come to me. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. I just need a client to have 10% desire to lose weight, get sober, clean up their finances. If you have a 10% desire, we can do the rest. That's all you need. So don't buy into this that you have to be ready to change. Just change. Yeah. You don't have to be ready. You, don't, you just have to have the desire to change. You have to have the desire to open a business. You have to have the desire to write that book. You have to have a desire to do whatever you want to do in life. Once you have the desire planted, then you're open to the changes to make it happen. I, um, I think of people that we write about. Evelyn Keeling, um, she lost 240 pounds in her 40s and became a bodybuilder in her 50s. Uh, I, I think of one of my clients that was an opiate addict, a successful entrepreneur and an opiate addict, heroin addict every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the changes he made. Now, I want to tell you, in, in these cases, 
these people were not excited to go on this journey. And I think this is so important to continue to talk about. You know, their excitement, the, the guy's excitement, the entrepreneur, he wasn't excited to get soaked by any means. You know, Evelyn wasn't excited to give up her junk food and to go to a gym 240 pounds overweight, having to be wheeled in a wheelchair and then propped up on a treadmill. That wasn't a fun time in her life, but they both did the same thing. Mm -hmm. They didn't necessarily want to change, but they hired the professionals and did the work. And that's where you have the advantage in listening to ML's show right now. You're hearing her expertise, the guests that she has on, and now it's up to you. You can be the victim and say, well, you know, the reason I can't leave my husband, wife, partner is the reason I can't lose weight right now is, I mean, you can play any kind of game you want to play with yourself, or you can just do the work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I am the queen of starting over from nothing. Seriously. Mm -hmm. I... Let's see, in the last seven years, I've started over with nothing at least a dozen times. I started with my medical emergency. Well, now I'm relearning how to walk. This is a painful experience. I don't want to move. I'm perfectly satisfied with people waiting on me. But mm -hmm. I'm not the kind of person that's going to be sitting in a chair the rest of my life having people cater to me. So I'm going to relearn to walk. I'm going to relearn to talk even though people are telling me I can't. I'm going to get a divorce because it's healthier for me to get a divorce than a stay in a loveless marriage. Mm -hmm. I've done this. I'm going to start a business because I want my own freedom. I don't know how to start a business when I started it, but I'm going to do it anyways because I have the desire and I have the willpower yeah. Yeah, you know, we it's we we have these stories and you know, if you ever google the internet, I mean one of the things I'd love to have my clients do is to google come from behind stories, google comeback stories. Mm -hmm. And you know, for I think it's important ML when people are afraid to change to read as much as you can about other individuals who have changed, other individuals who have taken some really serious hits in life and come back. Right. That alone, right, can be huge motivation for someone going, my God, if they did that, if they did that. You know, I, I, don't, I can't remember his name, but I remember in early 1990 when I started in uh, radio, I interviewed a blind guy that wrote a book. And it was a fascinating interview. Because he was blind, he had always told himself he could never write a book. Like, it's, it's not true. Obviously, he wrote a book. Mm -hmm. But... The fact that he had convinced himself because of his physical challenge, he wasn't able to do acts. And then we see him write a book, and, and then you see these like mountain climbers that are blind, and we see amputees climbing uh, Mount Everest, and we go, oh, my God. You know, like, these people have got some serious challenges, but it's not stopping them from living. <laughs> exactly. It's... We have our personal struggles. When we give people our personal struggles and we put it out there so someone can learn from us and go, if they can do it, we can do it. That's why people like us put our personal life out there. It's not because we want 
people go, oh, they're so great. No, we're trying to teach you if we can do this and overcome this challenge, you can do it. Yeah, and you know what comes to mind too, I just thought of it, is um, the Chicken Soup for the Soul series is a great series of books for people that need to be inspired to change. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I love those books because they're all short stories and they all have some meaning of individuals that have made a decision to live life differently. So maybe that's an option if you're with us right now is to say, gosh, I know I need to change. I need that inspiration. Pick up one of those books or just Google. Uh, yeah. and, and You know, there's an acquaintance of mine that I love to talk about because he's so powerful. His name is Nick Vujicic. Um, he's an Australian motivational speaker, mm-hmm. born without any arms or any legs. And he has become a multimillionaire. Uh, he has a beautiful wife, four children. He has no arms and no legs. If you Google him, and you could just Google Nick, no arms, no legs, speaker, on YouTube, you'll see videos of him fishing with a pole, casting without arms and legs. You'll see him doing swimming, diving without arms and legs. I mean, this guy is one of my heroes because of those challenges that he's faced and what he's done with them. Now, the, the, the story isn't all pretty. He wanted to commit suicide in his youth. Um, his father, when he was born, ran out of the hospital and couldn't bond with him for a long time because he was just born with a, a body, no arms and legs. Mm-hmm. There was so many, he was teased and bullied incessantly, and, but he made a decision. There was a day he woke up and he made a decision to tap into the gift he'd been given, which is his mind and his voice. And from that day, he has inspired millions of people. And these are the type of people I would love our listeners to connect with, to see what's possible, and to challenge themselves to do the same. Exactly. There's so many wonderful people out there that could have given up and didn't that are inspiring millions. These are the people you need to look for and connect with. These should be your inspiration. They should be your mentors. Reach out to them. I guarantee anyone that has overcame a major issue they will talk to you about it. They will tell you their story because they want to inspire you to change. Yeah, it's beautiful. But we're almost out of time, so where can our listeners find you? Yeah, Emma, all they have to do is go to the website, talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K, david.com. If you go to talkdavid.com, you'll see all the different things we have there. And you can sign up for a free subscription. We do what's called David Essel's Motivational Minute. It's a short video every Tuesday and Thursday on inspiration. So you can sign up and get that for free. Enjoy those videos. And there's many. We have a newsletter. There's a bunch of stuff. And, of course, all of our books, ML, is at talkdavid.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. And hopefully we inspired at least one person to change. Amen. And have a wonderful day. I, ML, I will. You as well. Thank you so much for having me a part of your show. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.